sports story everyone's talking about today is just moments away. So call or text us right now at 573-875-KTGR and make your voice heard. This is The Big Show with Andy and Brendan on KTGR. Andy has been careful to point out that there is some context behind the comments from Mizzou men's basketball coach Dennis Gates about their target. Nine and nine conference record this basketball season. One problem, they don't have a conference win yet. So Andy's going to make sure to line up the context for us here in just a couple minutes. And we'll also ask this question, NFL Brazil question mark coming up at 525. We'll also talk with Brian Smith, Mizzou wrestling coach, before we get out of here today on the big show. So if you'd like to give us a call or a text on any of those topics, it's 573-875-KTGR. But before we get to all that, we got to get to this because it's 5 o'clock. It's time for the top five at five on the big show. Number one. You want to trade away for curtain number one? You can have curtain one. Andy Reid was asked during the bevy of questions that he'll be asked from now until the Super Bowl actually starts on Sunday evening at 5.30. Hey, are you thinking about retirement? And Reed basically said that now's not the time to think about retirement. He's focused on the Super Bowl, and, and that's obviously where his focus should be. Of course, didn't necessarily shut it down completely. Uh, we don't. I would be shocked if it actually happened after this season. The Chiefs uh, chairman, Clark Hunt, also has said that he hasn't received any indication that Reed's retiring after this year and that there's no real plan in place on that possibility either i would be shocked if it happened but it is kind of interesting to think when could it happen next year i might have some questions about it there's a lot that can happen between here and now and, and whether the future changes for andy reed we'll see number two number two your timing is impeccable Vance gates had a media session today and he talked to his team uh, according to him about going nine and nine and what that's going to take and Kind of gave a little bit of an Eli Drinkwitz quote that we've heard from time to time. It starts with going 1-0, and and essentially that's you know what they're going to try and do each and every time. Uh, we'll talk more about what that could mean here in just a few minutes. Tigers' next chance to go 1-0 is tomorrow against Texas A&M at home. Number three. Why does Las Vegas not want the A's? Or at least they're saying, they're not necessarily saying that they want the A's. That includes the Las Vegas mayor. She went on a podcast that was released this morning and basically said, you know, what the best plan is probably for the A's to try and work it out in Oakland. She mentioned the fact that the A's were wanting to have a ballpark near the water, and that's what the ideal situation would be. She did clarify her comments a little bit later on social media, but it's very telling that with this move that the A's are potentially making to Vegas, that a whole lot of people in Vegas seem to be all that thrilled about it. It's very weird. Number four. Oh, I shanked it. The NFL announced yesterday that they are going to have a Brazil game on the Friday of opening weekend, and the Eagles will be a part of it. They didn't mention who the opponent would be for the Eagles. They just knew that it would be one of their home games being essentially taken away to have the game in Sao Paulo, Brazil. It's going to be very interesting to see how the NFL treats that. They're going a whole lot of different places, putting games in a whole lot of different parts of the calendar. Just another example of how they own everything. Number five. What is the foul? Vegas. Say to the face. Stop. It's the Blues and the Blackhawks in next year's Winter Classic, reportedly. Is it just me, or does Chicago host this almost all the time? That's the Big Show's Top 5 at 5 on KTGR. 875-KTGR. If you want to call or text us.
So I think I saw where they've played in the game five different times. Yeah, I know they didn't. I know they haven't they didn't hosted host all five. No. But I think this I was is their... at the one in St. Louis where they where they were the right. participant. Yeah, but not the host. But yeah, they've done it a number of of years. I think this is going to be the third time that they have hosted it out of those five, which. That's got to be the most, right? Because they've bounced around a lot of different places. It just it seems that they're that whoever is in charge of this just wants the Blackhawks to be in it a lot. I think it's the Blackhawks and the Penguins. I think they've done it a good number of times. Sure. Those the East Coast bias. Yeah. I don't know. I like I saw the news today and I thought, huh, interesting, considering that these teams have played in a Winter Classic not all too long ago. But at the same time. You know, they didn't have Bedard then, so <laughs> that's probably I know, that seems to be one well. of the main reasons why they want the Blackhawks in this. And then they get the Blues, of course, the natural rivalry there. Uh, go back to Wrigley. So cool that the Blues get to be in it again. This will be their second time, right, doing it, the one time they hosted in the – I Or did they participate they in another one? played at Minnesota one year. That's – I think you're right. If I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. But, yeah. it, but it is a little interesting because neither the Blues or the Blackhawks – necessarily project to be like super contenders next year but it's more about yeah they'll be showcasing bedard and they had to blackhawks had to play somebody right so i think that's maybe what it boiled down to pretty much but hey you get to look forward to that blues fans uh you're in the winter classic again yeah it's yeah it's cool then one of the core things that i think hockey does uh so uh that'll be something coming up in uh at the start of next new year all right 875ktgr if you want to call or text us okay so dennis gates today uh, I don't know what question prompted it specifically, uh, but here was a, a quote, and this is from uh, ABC 17 News. Kyle Helms uh, putting this out uh, on Twitter. Uh, one of the quotes from Dennis Gates' news conference earlier this morning, and, um, well, sure seems that the team is still setting some high goals despite what's happened so far. Here's Gates. Absolutely. Today I spoke about uh, going 9-9, nine and nine, right? How do we want this second half to go? You can't control certain things that has already happened, but how can you move forward? But you can't just get all nine wins. You have to start with one. You have to start with winning each practice each day and obviously looking in the mirror first. So that's what our guys are going to do. That's what we're accustomed to doing. Uh, Our guys are going to give their very best, and we're going to stay connected while we're doing it. That was Gates earlier today. Talked Talked to his team about going nine and nine. Um, I think I can say pretty clearly that it's not going to happen. Uh, and and I want to be optimistic about it too. I'm not saying that it will be, I don't think it will be zero. I don't think it'll be nine. It'll be somewhere in the middle. But what do you think of that, Brendan? Just you know, putting that out I there. I think and saying, that yeah. Dennis Gates is saying the things that he's supposed to say. I mean, you're not going to tell your team you're hoping to go oh and nine like you just did. Um. So yeah, I mean, he's right. They do have to start with one. I would I would love to see one sooner rather than later because that would be the the way to accomplish feeling a little better about the season. But look, I mean, yeah, realistically where they are right now, it's it's more of a it's more of a motivational mindset than anything that I think we can expect in reality for this team, but that's okay. Like again, we we could be realistic about where things are and and note that to maybe win a few games, pick off a few teams that you don't expect to see him beat that that could still be a mark on this season that we can end it feeling better about than the way that we feel about it right now. So I don't know, like what else, what is he supposed to say? Right. 
I think that's it's good. He should still be trying to motivate his team, and it sounds like that's what he's doing. Well, again, it starts with one, right? You just got to hit the first one, and that's hit that one. I'll be, I'll be happy. All right, yeah. <laughs> like, give us something. I mean, it it, it goes. It's going to be something that you know, folks say. All right, uh, great, Gates, get one first. But I think, I mean, he does mention that. That's what you got to keep in mind. It's the one and zero mentality again that Eli Drinkwitz uh, had put out there the last couple of years or so. And and look, I I do think this week they have some decent chances. Not as decent as last week. It's it's not going to be as likely. They're projected according to Ken Palm to lose every game the rest of the way. There you go. But the the percent if you look at the actual percentages of where they are, these are some of the higher percentage games out of that group. Texas A and M and Mississippi State, you've got anywhere between a thirty or forty percent chance by the numbers, by the metrics of of potentially getting a victory. So I mean and that's higher than a lot of the games that are left on the schedule. Mizzou's schedule to to finish out is kind of tough. So, I mean, now might be the time again to get it done. Sure. I mean, I'm I'm not even stressing about if or when. I guess I'm stressing a little bit about if. I'm not going to look at every game going, oh, here's your chance. Like, it's either going to happen or it's not. And in each case, it's a game that they're probably not supposed to win. So it's going to be a matter of how, you know, the other team is going to have to probably play below their expectations and abilities and you're going to have to play a complete game. And we just haven't seen a complete game from this team in a while. Even the games where they've been in the mix, they don't finish. So, yeah, Gates should be telling his team about the importance of winning every practice and winning each play and all of those those little things that you tell your team to, to try and keep them motivated. That should be exactly what's happening. Um, you know, you said you don't see 9-0 and or, you know, 9-9 nine and nine total, but you also – don't necessarily see them going 0 and 9 again to finish 0 and 18. I, I think 0 and 18 is a lot more likely than 9 and 9. Um, I don't know. I, I they're bound to get one, aren't they? But I've been saying yeah. that for a little while, and the the winnable games have kind of dissipated from the schedule to an extent. Well, yes, compared the, to what they were, at least winnable by what we can predict. We, I can't predict them to win another game this year. No, like I don't think I'll I'll do that. They have to surprise me. And, and look, surprises are plentiful in all of college basketball, but Mizzou's going to have to pull one out. And it does take, as you mentioned, it putting it together. It doesn't just happen. You have to go out and and put together a full game and not fade away in the final eight minutes like 90% of these games have happened during this entire losing streak. It's just it's the same thing every single yeah. time. We just yeah. plug the tape right back into the player and we watch it again. It's just it, uncanny how similar these losses have looked. And if you want to see a team that makes adjustments, if you want to see something change, now's the time to do it. So we're looking out for that, I suppose. Yeah, and again, like what what do you expect Dennis Gates to be saying differently right now, right? Like we think he's a good coach. We think he's got the ability to motivate his players yeah. and you know you've got to you've got to dig deep I think when you have an 0-9 start to conference play and your players are human too so they probably at certain points looked at the schedule and said hey you know if this is the if this is going to happen this might be the week to do it you know you got Arkansas Vanderbilt coming up maybe this is a spot where we can make something happen and then it doesn't come to fruition 
you know, that can have an impact where it kind of goes the other way on you. And I think Dennis Gates kind of recognizing that is is sharing a little bit of what he is, has put out there toward his team of what they're trying to do so that they don't kind of, again, I, it would be rough to see what it might look like for this Mizzou team to, pull, you know, throw in the towel after we haven't assumed they've done that so far, but they haven't won. But you got to make sure, as, as Dennis Gates, that they don't go that direction and say, oh, shoot, like our chances to win are, are gone. We thought maybe we could do it this week, and now that we didn't, you start to maybe lose a little hope there. He's got to kind of reinforce and, and reinvigorate the troops a little bit. And so I, you know, I, I credit him for doing that, but it's also just part of what he has to do. And I'll credit him even more if he finds a way to get this team to a win the rest of the year. It's not going to be easy against uh, some no. of the guys that are coming up. And so uh, 875-KTGR, call or text us. What do you think about uh, some of the comments Dennis Gates made today? Uh, again, says 9-9 nine nine is the goal. It's a lofty <laughs> goal to have. Hey, I love but, goals. But it's but nice hey, to dream. You, know, you, you just reset the goal after you know it doesn't doesn't work out. You just keep on resetting. All right, eight and ten. Will, <laughs> eight and ten will be the you goal. They, you Seven know, and eleven. What does it reminds me of? Well, when the Cardinals won the World Series in 2011, their their little hashtag was eleven and eleven. And oh, so then they said, ah, oh, it's going to be 12 I remember and 12. this. <laughs> and then it was 12 and 13. Well, they still only have 11. So right. it's now we're right. up to 12, 12 and, and 24. 14. 12 and 15. Hey, we're 12 and 24 this year, baby. Let's it's go. Hey, no, again. that's, ex- <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what Missouri's Let's start it. Do. Let's start that hashtag uh, up again. Bro, when 1 and 17 becomes the hashtag going for that win in their final game of the season, Mizzou basketball, that's when you know it's really going off the rails. At LSU, by the way, Saturday, oh, March 9. They're not that good. I'll be hashtagging 1-17 ahead of Project- that game. Projected sure. right now to be a 78-70 to 70 loss. Ooh, ooh, there's time to fix that. Can, uh, yeah. There's time to we can we can give Ken Palm a little, okay, little money right. under the table. Yeah, all right. Get him to fix that one yeah, up we'll for us. See if... you, but you knew instantly what I was talking about with the hashtag. Yes, I did. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> that was very much a thing. I think that was around the time that I joined Twitter, and yeah. that was one of the first things is... I saw pop. Why are all these people <laughs> saying twelve and twelve? Like, what's going on here? Oh, now they're saying twelve and thirteen. Oh, I get it. It's oh, like so an keep. I don't know when it stopped. I don't know when. <laughs> I don't know when <laughs> collectively Cardinals fans were like, "Okay, maybe we this is getting kind of embarrassing. We need to <laughs> stop let's, doing this. Let's get back in the wind." But it went before. on for a, it did go on for a number of years. Yeah. I I can recall. Oh, oh too good. Well, uh, that that did fizzle out. But hey, I again, I think Dennis Gates does have reason to stay optimistic. Uh, for for what could happen down the road. I mean, he did mention the fact that, hey, if you get a little bit healthier, they don't know about Caleb Grill yet. There's kind of a decision to be made of, okay, should, oh, you, plays. should you play Caleb Grill or does he want to, because he still technically could get a medical red shirt if he doesn't play anymore this year, does he yeah, want to come yeah. back? Interesting. Um, the guys like Trent Pierce, the, apparently the sickness has been, uh, a little bit iffy My for goodness. him, and he's trying to get back to, Still? to full shape. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. Then sometimes you just catch a bad one, and so uh, we're waiting to see on that. Um, but, uh, again, if you get a little bit healthier and you get more of the depth than you that you were expecting to have this year than what you've had the last, I don't know, couple of weeks, then maybe it makes a, a little bit better. But you have to... Again, defensively, you have to show something a lot different 
in the second half of games to show that you can hang. And Mizzou just hasn't done that. I mean, I know no. the scoring droughts are, are their own thing, and look, I get that too, but you can still <laughs> That's a thing. But you can still keep yourself in those games with defense, and Mizzou has not done it. Yeah, I do tend to harp, though, more on the scoring droughts because it's – I don't know why it's more frustrating to me. I guess it's because I don't expect them to be very good defensively. I know that they, they're not, and I know that they weren't even necessarily designed to be. Like, they weren't – they were good last year defensively because they, they played a, a tenacious kind of havoc style, and they would force turnovers. But, like, in the half court, they weren't good defensively last year. And so to think that they're, you know, a much worse team this year – I wouldn't think defense is going to be a strength, but come on, you got to you got to find a way to to limit those moments where you go. I mean, it's every game with the eight minute scoring drought, eight to ten minutes. You've got one field goal. Well, that happens every time they play, and it burned and so that them just more. It burned them more in the Vanderbilt game than any other game, I think, because Vanderbilt bro, did not it burns them play. It burns them every game. But I hear you. Vanderbilt did not it, play well in that in that game on no. Saturday, and Mizzou had plenty of chances to keep the door wide open for them to make a comeback when they were still six, seven, eight points down throughout most of that game, honestly, after a good start. And then, you know, they they can't get the right combination on the floor to maximize their offensive abilities. And it's just, that, that, that would be my question of Dennis Gates. Why are these guys in the game right now when you know you need a basket? Why is... Mabourma Jacques out there. Why is uh, Kurt Lewis out there when those guys aren't really your offensive threats? So Yeah, and and like again, I haven't been at these games covering these games necessarily, so it's not it would be nice to know some of those things, but also Dennis Gates' answer could be to just gesture wildly toward his roster and say, What do you want me to do? You know? Like, sure. Yeah. We don't have the we don't have the dudes. Even if there's a preferable guy that could okay let's get the scorers out there it's like all right are you going to have such a scoring thump that you bring in and negate the hopes that you have defensively or is it just is it just a a, a losing proposition almost no matter what you do I think we're kind of to that point but at the same time when you're the coach that's not of course the way that he is treating it so he's going to continue to try and Try something, but to try something, you might have to put something out there that we might look at and say, well, that doesn't make any sense. But he might say, look, I, for 20 games, I've tried to do what I thought made sense, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm reaching a little bit here. And it's just he hasn't come up with the answer, and it could be because the roster doesn't contain the answer. And so I try to, I try to just, when I see something out there like Majak playing the most meaningful minutes of the game, I kind of just have to go, well, you know, they haven't done it this way before, and it didn't work. So they're maybe trying something a little different. Maybe he happens upon because he did get him like an offensive rebound at one point late in the game, and it, it obviously I don't think that possession still resulted in points. But yeah, you know they're but trying it gave you a chance. And like yeah, look, gave you a chance. In that game, and you can't blame him for what for like trying to throw something at the wall no. and see what sticks. That's kind of where you're at. And, and look, it, after the fact, after this season is done, I think we. Sometimes you hear a little bit more honesty from coaches. I don't know if we'll hear it from Gates because he seems to be pretty buttoned up on this sort of stuff. But you hear a little more honesty of like, well, you know, last year we just didn't have the pieces that fit together right. I don't know if we'll hear something like that from Dennis Gates in the future, but I think it's very clear that that that's the case. And so, uh, I mean, we'll see. But again, Tigers 
got to put some sort of bright spot together, I think, if uh, if you want to have the fan base at least somewhat back, because right now they're checked out. And Yeah, no, I they mean, are. Yeah, yeah. so a, a win could do something to that. Two, three, four in the next few weeks or so could be a huge boost, but uh, relatively speaking, but man, it's uh, right now you just need the one. And I, look, I, I think it can happen this week. Not likely. I, I have to pick them to lose both of these games. But again, th- this is also uh, out of the remaining schedule, some of your best chances to get it, unfortunately. Yeah. So no, and it, you do have to start somewhere, but it's just, I mean, they're, I, I I struggled to even say, well, they were competitive in these games this week. Not really. I mean, they played two really bad teams, and the the final margin they weren't competitive is what it against is, Arkansas. Like that yeah, was that was that was a laugh. They were out of that game yeah. in halftime, yeah. and and probably before then, regardless of the final score being a seven point margin. Yeah, like that's just they 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 scored some meaningless points late. Kind of felt like a little bit like the Kansas game in that regard, where it's like, oh hey, they kind of made it close, but really. They were just chasing the game for a lot of the a lot of the time. So, you know, just just win a game. I it's it's great analysis. I know people love hearing it, but just like go win a game. It shouldn't be the goal, but that's where we're at. So, I'm just accepting the fate and hoping they find a way to pull one off. Well, we'll see if they get a chance tomorrow and uh, on Saturday to close it out against Texas A&M and Mississippi State. Eight seven five KTGR. Tell us your Mizzou hoops thoughts uh, here on the Big Show at five twenty three. Up next, how do we feel about the NFL going to Brazil? I mean, how many countries could they possibly touch with a football game over the next decade or so? Brazil's next on the list. We'll talk about it next on The Big Show. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Here's your Mizzou men's hoop slots at 875 KTGR. Here on The Big Show with Andy Brendan and producer Chris. We forgot to get to this yesterday. Uh, picks recap from uh, from last Friday's uh, picks of the week. Brendan and Chris did very well. Woo! Four and one for both of them, I believe. Hey, hey. I don't have a sheet in front of me actually, and I did not do well. I was two and three. But guess what? Uh, you know, you want to know why I was two and three? Because no, those I, dang sure. Big Twelve officials during the Baylor Iowa State game, because they oh. got all you know high and mighty about calling Scott Drew out of the coaching box and whatever it was, and he gets. Two technicals for it. They shoot free throws. Baylor ends up oh, winning no. the game by two. They were minus three. Your you want to know what the difference the was? Those re- officials giving free free throws that they did not deserve to Iowa State after those technical fouls called on Scott Drew. That's what it was. Oh, Matt Rhodes, play the... go get me the the that minus three back, buddy. Well, go he tried. He, he 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 censured them, didn't he? He said, "I don't agree with this." Yeah. It was... I know. I'm not. I'm, I'll get I'm, the world's smallest. I'm barking up you. the wrong tree. I know. I'm just, you know, it's fun to point out after the fact. I guess Should I could Purdue. complain too because didn't Chris have Iowa State? So if if that had gone he the did. other way, yeah, he did have. Iowa you would have had a better week, but I would have beaten Chris instead of, I guess, tying. It. Yeah, we, so. we, Chris and I would have both been three and two in that sense. Yeah, three and so. two. Yeah. Well, shoot. Now I'm mad too. I'm just upset that Purdue 
beat the fraud allegations this weekend, beating Wisconsin. That was my big one. That was like my money <laughs> one. I was like, okay, yeah. this one, it's all going to crescendo here, baby, and Camp Randall's going to go crazy. I don't think their basketball thing's called Camp Randall. But you no, know what I, I mean. No, I don't think, I think it's called its own, its own thing, but they just lost to Nebraska, so I wasn't really feeling the Wisconsin pick, but uh, anytime you can pick against Purdue, that's also pretty savvy in my opinion. So it, you were caught between a rock and a hard place, and it just didn't pan out. Well, and that was one of the ones that did work out for me was Purdue on Sunday. Right. So it, it kind of salvaged a little bit of my weekend. But It's not yeah. that you had a bad, a terrible week. It's that you thought it should have been a little better, and it was a very notable thing that the Big 12 referees did to yes. uh, interject in that, in that Baylor-Iowa State game, which was otherwise a great game, a lot of excitement there, but maybe uh, they should just let the game be the game and, and not – kind of put themselves in the middle of it like those refs did and often tend to do, unfortunately. Yeah, be better. Be better, Big 12. And uh, it's not just a Big 12 thing. It's it's a college basketball thing. So, oh, yeah. yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, hey, our next uh, version of the Picks of the Week is this Friday, and it'll be all props, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I it's, love it. it's a full sheet of uh, whatever props we want to pick. So, uh, And I'm not going to put any college hoops on there because uh, – yeah. I'm not putting the Mizzou game on there even. Like, just we're we're fo- we're going oh, all in on wow on Super Bowl. Yeah, that's they'll, fair. They'll be zero wanna... ten by that point anyway, so it's just right. You don't want to give anybody a free pick, right? Because it's basically yeah. a free square if you yeah. can pick against Mizzou. Um, although the spread bakes in. I mean, the spreads this past week made no sense. Mizzou favored twice, and um, yeah, I was able to to, to use Vandy. Well, to no, I mean they they made week. sense, but it just they again yeah, did not. They, deliver the arkansas one made some sense because mizzou is at home i didn't think the numbers should have been as big as it was but if you'd have told me hey mizzou by three and a half or something like that i would have gotten on board i would have at least understood the thought process once they failed spectacularly at home against arkansas yeah i was like no way we're not we're not doing we're, no mm-hmm. no yeah well We'll we'll find out what the props look like on uh, on Friday. Eight seven five KTGR. Call or text us. Sam is here on the KTGR hotline now. Sam, what's up? Speaking of picks, keep Justin Fields and trade the number one draft pick. This is Chicago <laughs> Talk Radio. Right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I think you yes. Anytime we talk about picks, yes, we're talking about Justin Fields and trading the pick. Yeah. That's what I thought, so that's why I called in. Now, oh, is this okay. the wrong show? I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, Mizzou, Baske- Mizzou basketball, it is not a question of effort, I don't think. These guys are playing hard. They just they lost their three playmakers from last year, and then they lost John Tanjay. And I think that was a big gap, and then you lose Caleb Grill. I mean, I don't think the guys there have given up the ghost. I think they're playing hard. So I, 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 I think that they'll get a win or two maybe, uh, hopefully, but – I mean, they still are playing hard for Gates, and you got to give them credit for that. Um, yeah, I, that just is, it is disappointing. And then my other question for you guys is: Tamar Bates is he a really is he a good player on a bad team, or is he a great player that might be able to make it in the league and just a scorer? I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, appreciate the call, Sam. Here on the Big Show KTGR. Hard to say. I I don't think he's just a the the one guy that's standing out on a team that is uh is not great at the moment. I think he can be good anywhere. Uh it's just does he get the opportunity? And the fact that he's getting the opportunity now, like he was he was okay through the first few games, but Dennis Gates was shuffling the lineups around. He wasn't playing, you know, 
25, 30 minutes a night. Now that he is, I think he's showcasing exactly how valuable he can be. And I think he'd be valuable in that same way for several teams, not just Mizzou. Uh, that being said, please stay. Tamar Bates, don't go to another team. Uh, it's going to be very hard probably to keep him if he thinks about entering the portal or something like that. But uh, I think he's just a he's figuring things out offensively. And look, I think also credit the coaching staff for – elevating a guy's play after a, a season at Indiana where he maybe didn't have that same sort of unlocked potential. Yeah, and I mean, you can think about last year's team and the number of players that were coached up by Dennis Gates. Like, Kobe Brown made himself into what he is, but Dennis Gates was a big part of that process. Demoy Hodge uh, having a just the great season that he had. When I think about Tamar Bates, like the scoring acumen is what really stands out once he's gotten the opportunity this year. When I think about the NBA, like talking about the next level, it would have to be a case of just, he would just have to turn himself into a guy that can be hyper-efficient because a lot of times those guys that get to the NBA that aren't, you know, projected stars, they're not, if you're struggling to get the opportunity at this level, it's going to be really hard to crack your way in at the next level. And so if and when that moment should come, you just got to be really efficient with it. So he's just going to have to continue to sharpen those skills. A fair question, though, is going to be, Hey, if that's an aspiration for him to to try and have a professional career, are you getting showcased at Mizzou by by staying, or do you need to go somewhere else for next season to be able yeah. to to kind of to hit home on those things? I think the upside of Mizzou is like when the athletes are here, which hopefully will be a lot better next year. Like it's a it's definitely a very player friendly system, right? Like it's hard to say that this year because of just how bad everything's going. But it's a player-friendly system that can highlight the best of players if it's not just as awful as I, I think the roster and the team situation is right now. So maybe that's the upside, Andy, for why he could choose to stay is if you can sell him on, okay, we're adding a few pieces here and there that we think we'll be able to highlight you tomorrow in a very effective way, then maybe that's something that could could work toward Mizzou and Dennis Gates' favor. But would we be shocked at all if a guy says, oh, we went 0-18 or 1-17 and I'm trying to make the league? Like, this isn't the place for me to be able to to take my one you know my one shot to make that career happen because right. uh, there's no guarantee that you're in the NCAA tournament next year. It's it's probably a year where you're trying to get back to that point, but it's it's not going to be an expectation, I don't think, uh, for for next season. So, it's a nice hope, but yeah, a goal, if you're a player in yeah, his situation, right. yeah. you might need to be thinking about other things. Which I hope he doesn't. I hope he thinks this could be the spot to to do what Mizzou did and. Year one under Dennis Gates and, and surprised a lot of people. But, but hey, the, uh, the numbers have looked very good. I mean, when we're talking about NBA prospects and efficiency and things like that. He has been very efficient. So I don't know. I, I haven't heard his name popped up in any of those circles anyway. No, it's, but it's, it's early for that. Yeah. Um, but maybe, again, one more strong season where, again, teams aren't probably paying too much attention to scouting the zoo this year. You know? <laughs> like, with the way things no, are going, it's, it's but you, not a focal point talent talent NBA draws the eyes wherever it is. So I mean, it's it, if Tamar Bates is getting that attention, then maybe it could ramp up soon. But who knows? It's all speculation at this point. All right, eight seven five KTGR. Give us your thoughts on that. Uh, NFL's going to Brazil apparently. Uh, the Eagles are going to have their opening game in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And it's on the Friday of opening weekend. So the NFL is going to have Thursday to start out, and that would be either the 49ers or Chiefs because they usually get the whoever wins the Super Bowl hosts the 
opening is night. Is that still a, is that still happening though? Like the Friday isn't going to serve as the opening night. We know that I for think sure. So I think you're. St- I think this is an add on to what is already the existing structure. I assume okay. is the case. Uh, I don't know. I'll go through the NFL release again, but it, it's the Eagles game for sure. Uh, it's their week one game, and it's going to be in Brazil. We don't know who they'll be playing, and they'll announce that, I believe, sometime before the full schedule is announced in the spring. So, um, again, the NFL owns the calendar no matter what, but Brazil all of a sudden is on the radar. Are you, are you a little surprised by that? No, I mean they're they're trying to go global and they're trying to go to as many spots as they can. They've done Mexico, they've you know they've done London, they've done Germany. They're just trying to continue to to add to the footprint. The Friday thing is honestly more interesting to me than the Brazil thing. The fact that it gets its own night and it's a night that they don't ever play on, um, barring a, a holiday like that, is actually the interesting part to me. The Brazil, I think, is just part of that globalization plan that. Uh, we've kind of seen evidence of for years now, and I think is only going to continue. They're only going to continue finding finding those spots and in, in, in like soccer crazed countries like Brazil. I think makes a lot of sense that uh, you know the sports fans there are fantastic and and, and ravenous, and so yeah, they're going to try get the market uh, a little more hooked on American football. Not a surprise, but my gosh, Friday, yeah, they own the calendar and the days of the week within that calendar, not just the months and the time periods of the year, but each day as they continue to uh, expand their reach, it, it appears. And, and look, I mean, I, I guess it makes sense, you know, to have not only Thursday but Friday to to keep fans engaged into your sport. And you're it, it, creeping up more and more. You're not taking Saturday, which obviously belongs to college, Ooh. but, I mean, you're creeping closer and closer. <laughs> when does the NFL decide, Mm-mm-mm. screw it, we're taking you on college football, we don't care. I mean, is there anything written that says they can't? Yeah, actually. I don't know. I mean, there are the TV deals. Or, really? I yeah. didn't know it went that far. Yeah, that kept them from encroaching. I think it was like antitrust stuff that kept them from encroaching on like historically like college football. But, you know, they went into Thursday. Well, that's week two, right? I mean, who's playing each other in week two? Where are the, what are the big games week two of the college football season? You want to give them that it's inch? Usually the, it's usually the cupcakes anyway. I mean... No, I, like I said, if there's a law that says they can't, then th- that's news to me, but I'm not doubting that it's potentially on the books. Um, otherwise, what's stopping them would be my attitude, and that's <laughs> typically been the NFL's attitude on a number of things yeah. as well. I mean, they play on Saturday once uh, college is over, but, uh, man, <laughs> they they obviously think about it uh, every once in a while. Uh, but uh, let us know your thoughts. Uh, the NFL is heading to Brazil the Eagles will be playing on the opening weekend uh, on on Friday, September sixth of twenty twenty four. Google, what is "run the damn ball" in Portuguese? Ooh, yeah. Let's find uh, what's out. the uh, what's the chant? What's the boo? Essentially, that was that pass interference in Portuguese. <laughs> here's yeah. the here's the other thought. Too. We don't know what a catch is there either, but yeah, we we don't know who they're playing yet, I wonder if they might play the loser of the Super Bowl. If the <laughs> That'd winner, be great. Wouldn't that you know be I mean? awesome? Like, yeah. Because the the, the Niners in, in obviously a, a premier NFC NFC team and Well they, they would have know. to be it would have they already know their opponents. It would have to be somebody that the Eagles are, are slated to face. We already know the teams that everybody is facing. Okay. We just don't know when. And I don't know but, I don't know who yeah, that is I, in their I case, can't remember but, off the top of my head if it's uh 
if the 49ers uh, play the Eagles or Chiefs, but uh, or the Eagles play the 49ers or Chiefs. But um, that'd be that'd be nice. That'd be a nice way to put it together there. All right, up next, uh, Brian Smith, Mizzou wrestling coach, uh, Tiger Style Wrestling, took a loss against Oklahoma State over the weekend. How are they wanting to bounce back as they head out on the road again? Brian Smith joins us next on The Big Show. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Back on The Big Show, KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app. Andy, Brendan, and producer Chris all here. Mizzou Wrestling over the weekend had a big uh, Big 12 matchup against Oklahoma State. The Tigers fell short in that contest by a score of 24-10 to 10 in front of a, a record crowd uh, at the Hearn Center and uh, looking to bounce back this week as they go back on the road, taking on North Dakota State and South Dakota State uh, Friday and Sunday. And Brian Smith, the head coach of Mizzou Wrestling, joins us here uh, on The Big Show to talk about it coach i know uh not the results that your team wanted necessarily but uh what was it like uh during that duel uh to, to first of all get the crowd support uh, and then individually how guys kind of performed throughout their matches well it was great i mean the, the crowd was amazing you know there was over six thousand people you know it came from everywhere so it was good to you know to see that kind of you know outpouring from the mizzou fans and and our guys loved it, but we just lost a lot of close matches, lost two overtime matches. So it's those are really, really tough. And then we lost another match where it was a one-takedown match, and we just fell on the short side of it. And so we had opportunities to win that duel. We just didn't step up and do it. So get back to work. You work on those things. Got you know, We had some opportunities. There were some calls that I, I felt like we could have had. Going back and watching film, I still think we had, but... If you're not going to get them, you gotta. There's other things you got to do, and uh, 25 was just a tough, tough loss because he really wrestled a good match. Was in on two or three takedowns, had a turn that wasn't getting counts for, and so. But then he loses the takedown in overtime, so he loses the match. But we got to do better. You know, he's got to find ways to keep him on his back. He's got to get the count from the refs. But we're frustrated. I know as a team right now, they're frustrated. The coaching staff isn't because we see the effort they're putting in the practice room. And it's just, you know, it seems like we're, we're, the outcome is not coming the way we want it to be, turning out the way we want it to be. But I know this team, it, it'll bounce back. And so that's what we'll, that'll be the practices this week, just bouncing back and how to deal with those situations and win them. Brian Smith, Mizzou wrestling coach here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. And yeah, the, the guy you were mentioning there at 125, Noah Certain, and you were uh, mentioning his, uh, his matchup that he had. And he had a, a tough opponent, uh, nearly a, a top 10 guy, but he himself, Certain has, has really, uh, had an impressive season, worked to a pretty high ranking himself. What have you seen from him? Uh, you know, just, you know, aside from maybe, uh, this last match, but just all season long, how he has built up, uh, not even just this season, but year over year with, uh, with your program. Well, specifically this year, he's the aggressor. He was on a bunch of leg attacks. He just didn't finish them. And then on top, he was dominating the kid and actually had him on his back and just didn't get the two count. So it was just frustrating. But he's doing good things. It's just we're not getting the points. And and he's going to have that breakthrough. You know, he keeps wrestling aggressive like that. Good things happen. So when I see the way what Certain's doing, I'm really pleased with him. He's, of course, really disappointed that he lost. But, you know, when you have a kid, if he was wrestling really defensive and losing, 
I, you know, he wouldn't be as upset because he wasn't going after it, but he's going after it, losing a match he'll, and losing it that tight. He'll win those later on in the year. So I'm not, I'm not worried about it. He's, he's got the right mindset. For sure. And so he's uh, kind of your, your, your leadoff guy most of the time uh, at 125. And then, you know, down the line, uh, there, as you mentioned, uh, some, some close losses here and there. You did have some bright spots. Keegan O'Toole uh, had a, a monster matchup with uh, number three guy in his weight class at 165. Of course, O'Toole is number one, so uh, he's the guy that everybody's chasing. But he did a nice job in, in his match getting a 5-1 win. And, and Zach Elam uh, facing another top 10 guy uh, towards the end uh, was able to uh, to get a victory as well. What do you kind of see in those two matches with some tough competition, of course, uh, with particularly those two guys in the uh, matchups they had? Well, they are just consistent. They consistently are attacking and scoring, and you know. And Keegan was frustrated when he walked off the mat. I think it ended up five to one, but he only got one takedown, and he was close on a couple others. So. It could have been, he may have even gotten a takedown, but I don't think they gave it to him. So it's just, he, he's just, when he doesn't score double-digit points, he's very frustrated. So, but the kid was just trying to slow the match down and keep it close. And But you're not going to slow Keegan down, and he just kept attacking and attacking and attacking, and that's how the match ended with us attacking. And um, same with with Zach. He's doing a good job. I, I would have liked to have seen him score a takedown in the match, but the guy really tries to slow a match down. And then it was mostly, uh, the rest of the match was mostly on the, on the mat where we rode him the whole period and then got away from him and that was it. But he's, I think he's 17 or 18 and 0 now. He's finding ways to win where some of these other guys have to be like that. Uh, you got to be able to win those tight matches and and uh, pull off the wins and, you know, Mako losing in overtime. And it was just a technical mistake, what he did. Because Mako's been really consistent at 174. He's in on the shot in overtime and just makes a technique mistake and gives the guy an opportunity to score on him, where normally he doesn't make those mistakes. So he knows it, and he'll bounce back from it. For sure. Brian Smith, Mizzou wrestling coach here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. So uh, again, it, it sure seems like, you know, your team knows uh, what to kind of fix, what to fine tune. And, you know, it, it's about consistency going forward. So I guess th- with the opportunity they have in front of them with, you know, four conference duels remaining before the Big 12 championships and still some, some great competition to be had, what's kind of the mindset as they go into that, you know, seeing uh, more chances to, to show what they can do starting this weekend when they uh, take on the Dakotas, essentially? Still staying aggressive. I want to see more of it. There were a couple weights that weren't, didn't shoot enough. And then consistency, you know, in what they do. And uh, some some guys just making, you know, whether it's a technical error or just not being aggressive or not getting to the leg enough or not buying in on what we're trying to do from, you know, the breakdown, the top breakdowns. And they got to see that and bring it back to, you know, what they do and do it and do it to the utmost. And when they do that, they're going to have more success. So we're not that far off. And I know that, that we're not, you know, we're not going to panic. We just got to really hammer it in this week that here's what you do. And we're going to be tougher on them, of course, but they want that. They want to be, Hey, be on me when I'm not attacking enough, be on me when I'm not riding tough or whatever it may be. We're going to be on those guys this week and, get our guys where mentally they're ready to step on the mat when we step on the mat with North Dakota and, and execute. 
So that's that that will be what we're looking forward to in the next few weeks. What are some of the things that stand out about these uh, these two programs that you'll be facing? Of course, North Dakota State, a very strong program over the years, not ranked at the moment. Uh, South Dakota State, number 10, uh, according to the recent rankings. So uh, what stands out about their groups and what your guys will focus on? It's, man, the, North Dakota State's a new head coach. Um, O.B. Blanc just took over. He was the assistant there because the head coach moved to Oklahoma, took the Oklahoma job. So it's a new coach. They lost a couple guys in the portal. So they're not having the season they had like last year, but they do have tough kids in the lineup. And I know O.B., uh, actually his his high school coach was my college roommate, and he's a Florida boy like I am. So I'm excited to have another Florida head coach. But uh it's they're going to come after you know anytime we wrestle anybody it's they get excited because Missouri's always ranked up high and we are the reigning big 12 champs so they're looking to get on the mat with us and if they can pull off upsets so they're going to they're going to be excited to have us in their gym up there in Fargo and ready to scrap with us so we have to be ready we can't look ahead to South Dakota State who is a top 10 team and and really beating teams up right now I mean they are impressive they have a really good team the coach up there has done a great job. And uh, when I look at the scores and, and watch the way they're wrestling, we we definitely have to be prepared for both of them. But, you know, South Dakota State is a legit team that could win the Big 12s this year. They're that good. So they're going to be – they'll have a packed house and ready to go, and it'll be fun. But we have to be ready. For sure. So, again, uh, two big road duels coming up for Mizzou Wrestling at North Dakota State on Friday night and then at South Dakota State on Sunday afternoon as the Tigers uh, try to keep things rolling here in 23-24. Great to have Brian Smith, Mizzou Wrestling Coach, here on the Big Show KTGR. Coach, thanks so much for, for taking the time, as always. Safe travels this weekend, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you. It's the Big Show on KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app, and that just about does it for us. Thanks to Brian Smith of Mizzou Wrestling for joining us, as well as Will Carroll, the injury expert. We've got high school hoop coverage tonight as Battle takes on Capital City. Coverage starts at around 7.15. And, hey, join us tomorrow from 4 to 6. We'll have Larissa Anderson, Mizzou softball head coach, as their season gets underway this weekend. And Matt Hamilton, our good friend over at FanDuel TV, he's in Vegas as we speak for Super Bowl 58. We'll talk with him about what he thinks about the matchup between the Chiefs and 49ers. That's all tomorrow. Thanks for joining us today. He's Brendan. He's producer Chris. I'm Andy. We're done for now.